Welcome to the Vision for the Valley podcast. I am your host, Joseph Velarde. In this podcast, we will discover the gym that is the Lehigh Valley and learn from people from all walks of life. Welcome to the Vision for the Valley podcast. I'm so excited to have my good friend, Brad Moderich, here. Many of you have asked me why I look the way I look, why I'm so chiseled out, why I'm so buffed and in shape, and it has a lot to do with my good friend, Brad. Just in case you're wondering, that is a joke. Nobody's asked me that. But Brad uh, has worked uh, with me and worked at LA Fitness as a VP for uh, eight years, but worked for the company for 17 years. 17 years. 17 years. And throughout that time, him and I struck up a friendship as I worked out at LA Fitness and more recently been more dedicated to working out at LA Fitness. And he's always just cheered me on and encouraged me. And so I'm excited to have Brad on where we get to even hear a little bit about his own story. But just a reminder of the fact that there are so many people in the Valley who are for the Valley as well. And it's a a beautiful place. I'm just so excited to have Brad. So welcome, Brad. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, (laughs) dude. It's so fun. It's so fun. So Brad, tell us a little bit about your story and your journey and and what it is that you're you're doing currently. I will. But before that, you did all the work at the gym. Just so you know, it wasn't me. It was you. You came in early. You did the work. You got the results. That was all you, brother. I can't I take well, no People always for that. ask me not only about like the the path I've taken uh, with it. We're going to talk a little bit about that later on. But one of the things that I, I have is I have this real perk uh, membership. Uh, that my my main man Brad hooked me up with, yeah. Uh, and I won't tell you all the details, but it just is a great, great deal. Got some perks. Yeah, I got some perks. unlimited unlimited guest passes. Yeah, so two of them. Yeah. but, but I, that's that's could bring that's, people with you all the time. I do. I mean, I do. Yeah. I, I just had my brothers with me over the weekend. Nice. And they loved it. They loved it. Awesome. So Brad, thanks for your encouragement. But tell us a little bit about your story and who you are and what you're doing. Yeah, um, you know, for the valley. You know how you said the, what's the phrase for the valley? Yeah, in the valley. In the valley, valley for the valley. Yeah. I love love the valley. Mm. I'm an Allentown kid. I grew up right down the road on the east side of Allentown. Mm. Born and raised. I got married in Center City, so I love everything about the Lehigh Valley. I think it's a great place to, to, to live, a great place to raise kids. Um, we're growing, and right. I love being part of this process right now in the growth stage with all the work that they're doing in downtown. So born and raised east side of Allentown. I uh, went to Catholic school, actually, mm-hmm. for the first eight years of my life. Um, my mom worked at the rectory. We came from a pretty low household income. Uh, mom worked at the rectory to put us through and pay for the tuition. Uh, then she got married in when I was in eighth grade and she moved up to Whitehall Hmm. and that's where I kind of just started to go off on the wrong path. Hmm. And I, I come from a place where there wasn't a lot of male direction Hmm. in my life. Yeah. And I didn't have a, I, I didn't have a strong male role model. It was me and my two sisters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those of you out there that are raising little men, I mean, you know how important I, I feel pretty confident. It's an extremely important part to have a male role model in a young boy's life. So I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. So there was no boundaries. I kind of did whatever I wanted. Make a super long story short, mm-hmm. got in a bunch of trouble, went into the Marine Corps, Got out of the Marine Corps on a uh, general under honorable uh, condition, so I got a good discharge. Came home, started going right back into the same crew that I was with before, getting in trouble, doing nonsense, and then I was just like, I got to get out of here. And then hmm. I moved to Florida. Hmm. 
And I think one of the big things that I, I look on it now, when I moved to Florida, I was moving away from Allentown and thought, well, I need to get away because it's Allentown. Yeah. All I did was I didn't, the, the problem just moved to Florida. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I got into the same nonsense down there. Um, gotten a whole lot of trouble. Uh, mm-hmm. I got incarcerated and, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I did four years. I did, yeah, I did four mm-hmm. years in prison and, mm-hmm. uh, it was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I was leading down a path of just being a criminal. You know, I had no, no, I had no rhyme or reason. I just kind of did whatever I wanted. And I'll never forget the day, uh, I was in solitary confinement for like almost the first year. And the second I get out, I went out, I was smoking a cigarette. <clears throat> Why? I didn't even smoke for a year. And I had to go out and have the cigarette because that was like the stigma that I had. Yeah. And um, this guy looked at me. He was on the smoking deck. He was, I'll never forget it as long as I live. He looked at me and he looked just old and battered and hmm. jailhouse tatted all up. And you could tell he's probably been in for a long time. And he looked at me and he turns and he was like, so is this what you're going to do for the rest of your life, kid? Hmm. And I was like, absolutely not. There's no way. And that I get goosebumps from it, literally, yeah. because yeah. that moment is I flicked my cigarette out. I went up into the admin office and I said, I want to do whatever I can do to become better by the time I leave. Hmm. And I enrolled, got my GED because I was a high school dropout, started reading fitness books and training books and personal training books. And they had an opportunity to become a certified personal trainer from a nationally accredited company. And I did this all while I was incarcerated, got my GED. And so crazy for me, all I did was read and study. Now, mind you, I didn't, I was the kid who missed like 87 days my senior year. So this was big for me. And I just started to get... Uh, I was just on this whole growing and developing. And I thought if I, I was successful to a certain extent doing the bad things, why can't I be successful doing the good things? Hmm. You know what I mean? Because, uh, I have a gift that I I truly believe. Like I, I have the ability to kind of help read people and, and inspire people and bring people to a whole other level, which I feel it's, it's a blessing. So if I have this, I got to do something with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, man, totally. And I I think as I even hear that story, you and I have talked about this Mm -hmm. a bit because we have some similarities in our story. Um, I didn't have a dad growing up. I had a couple stepdads and those marriages ended. And it it was really challenging to have um, the leadership in your life because uh, a man wasn't per se there that was trustworthy on a regular basis. And then eventually other people came, came around in, in the local church that I was a part of mm-hmm. to help with that. But I remember even uh, just, you know, ninth grade and 10th grade, I was in so much trouble with the school system. You know, I, you know, I had ISS in school suspension, out of school suspension, was put on probation, mm. had a probation officer that come visit us at the school, spend a night in juvie. And, and I know I, for me, that was part of the wake up of like, Hey, you know what, this, you know, you keep following this path to your point. Uh, this is going to lead you to a place of, of death, not life. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't, and not necessarily literal death. It could have, but mm-hmm. in the sense of, hey, this isn't really uh, the life that we were intended to live. And I think um, understanding a bit of your own story 
propels you to be able to walk and empathize with others while still calling out what needs to be called so you can call people forward in that process That's right. and move people forward into it. And I, I know for, for you and I, uh, a lot of that background has informed not only the life that we've lived, but the calling that we've decided to follow That's right. and how we desire to walk alongside people and to help people to, to know that just because you failed doesn't make you a failure. Just because you've made mistakes doesn't make you a mistake. Mm-hmm. There's a path forward for your life. God's not done with you. You're not an accident. Mm-hmm. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I know that's led you to, to launch out and start something really incredible. Can you tell us a little bit about what you, you've started recently? Yeah. So uh, back in 2009, actually, is when we started. Uh, we have a, uh, my company's called Conflict. Mm-hmm. And it's a speaking platform that right now it's designed to create future leaders with our millennials to help embrace and empower women and independence in women. Um, that one's really for my daughter. So she's That's never, right. ever to be dependent on a man. I was like, <laughs> I'm just etching it into her head right now. Our producer is really excited about that because he has two daughters. So yeah. he's, he's like, yes, you just got to feed it into him. Like I tell her a million times, you don't need nobody. Like you don't even need dad. Like you can do this on your own. Um, so that way that doesn't create a bad habit later on, always dependent on that. Mm-hmm. And then the third is to help people with uh, drug addiction or that had a criminal conviction, get their life back on track. And it started from, and again, it, it started out as an apparel company, uh, made a lot of bad business decisions, um, made some, some really unwise investment decisions mm-hmm. for conflict because it was geared to be an apparel brand specifically for mixed martial arts. And then I'm sitting there, I was about to tap out. And the whole purpose of the company is to conquer your conflicts. You keep fighting, you know, cause we, we all have conflict. I don't care who you, who you are, where you are, what part of the world you're in. You're going to go through some kind of a conflict and how you get through that and how you keep fighting and persevere and get deal with the adversity is what's going to create the person who you're ultimately going to be. And it's, it's not how you live in the good times because when it's good, it's, Hey, it's easy. You could ride the wave, but it's when you're down and when you're out and when you're dealing with that, Mm. how do you get through that? So the speaking platform is to help people break through those barriers to get their life back to where they want it to be. That's, yeah, that's really incredible. And it's interesting. Uh, 2009 is when we started Riverbend. Is it really? Yeah, so oh, it's yeah. kind of cool to parallel a bit mm-hmm. of uh, our own journeys with that. And I was going to ask you, as you think about some of the the times of failure, and you, you mentioned that, mm-hmm. you know, you're almost tapping out. What did you learn in that time of having to wrestle with the failures of things that didn't necessarily go well as you were in the middle of starting this company? Things that you're like, man, I, I, I don't know what I was thinking or however you would say that. I don't want to speak for mm-hmm. you. I'm pretty hard on myself. Yeah. Um, and the self-talk is probably the, the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Like talking myself out of not doing something. And I think a lot of people deal with this. There's that inner voice that, you know, I'll give you an example. I had a business meeting to go to last week and I I almost didn't go. I almost didn't go. And I was like, I don't really need me. My team can handle it. I shouldn't go. But I just, I, I, I went through it. I sucked it up. I went through it I because I had to run here, run there. There was like a whole path to get to this meeting that yeah. was really a pain in the butt. And But I was like, you know what? Suck it up, man. You got a responsibility. You go. And I did it. And when I got there, and this is just a little thing. When I got there, 
after the meeting, I started talking to, to one of my guys and we're trying to get new carpet at our house. Hmm. And he's like, I own a carpet company. Wow. And I was like, I was literally about to stroke a check to, you know, a certain company in the Valley. He was like, Oh yeah, call me. I'll take care of it. I can save you this and give you this and all these perks. And that right there, the concept of if you deal with your adversity and you push through and you get through the pain, Mm -hmm. there will be light at the end of the title. Mm, So good. Like it, 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 it's, it, you can't, but you can't, it's so hard to get your thought to move that foot forward. Yeah. And that's what people have a hard time with. Like when they get hit with something mm. after the, the reality sets in, how do they take that first step? How do they get out? And for me, and again, you got to be self-aware on how you operate. Mm-hmm. And I think the self-awareness is probably one of the hardest things to do when people are dealing with failure and they're dealing with adversity is being self-aware of really who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's such an important part of the process. So I know me when I have failure, I beat myself up. Hmm. Like I'm hard on myself Hmm. and I go like to, for me to get motivated and get back up, I go to a dark place. And I know this is kind of weird to think (laughs) about it, but like, it's like that fighter about to get into a ring. He, some fighters go into a really dark place and they use that energy and they channel it and they turn it into positivity. Mm -hmm. So for me, from always hearing, you know, you're a failure, you're, you know, never going to amount to nothing. You're poor, you're, you know, you come from the ghetto. You know, I was the, I was technically the first Eminem over on the east side of Allentown before Eminem. Um, you know, that, I was that kid. And I think of all of the people who doubted me and I literally, it's like just thinking about that, I can smile because I'm like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Like, and I'm going to test you and I will get through this because I'm not that guy. And I think if, if you can't have that talk with yourself to pull yourself out of that failure, you got to start surrounding yourself. And this is the next thing is your circle of influence. Hmm. You know, I have people that I can call on when I'm down that will give me the proverbial punch in the head to get me back on track. You know what I mean? They'll just like, they'll hold me accountable. They'll help me kind of pragmatically just kind of break down. Is it a real adversity or am I just kind of listening to the, you know, the, the little boy voice in my head Mm -hmm. that just wants to tap out and, being able and if, and now you're you're catching me on like chapter fifteen, yeah. but when I was on chapter two and I dealt with failure, it would be shut down. Mm-hmm. It'd be like I don't really have to do it. I don't want to do it, and I don't need to do it. Do I really need to do it? And again, over time, through mm-hmm. self development, surrounding myself with people like yourself and mm-hmm. other like minded individuals, I have the ability to fix myself internally. Mm-hmm get my thought process structured the right way and get back on task. Yeah. So but good. it starts with self-awareness. Well, I was going to say one of our values on, on this podcast is to process the pain. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I like your language of <clears throat> get into a dark room and the way we talk to ourselves in the circle uh, of influence that we put around us, we have to do something with that pain because if you don't process it, Unfortunately, it will process you, mm-hmm. and that's not a good thing. <laughs> right. You've got to allow it to, to work through so that you can take those learnings and move forward, not necessarily be paralyzed by the pain, because I think that's what happens. We get mm-hmm. paralyzed by the pain, and instead of appropriately 
calling it what it is. I feel angry. I feel sad. I'm afraid, you know, and you know, whether it's something that's happened with a failure or some other issue that's coming up again and again, being able to honestly name those things and to deal with them appropriately, whether that's through prayer or through, uh, you know, talking to yourself saying, Hey, you know, this isn't true. I, I may be feeling this way and that's okay that I'm feeling this way, but let's not let the feeling override uh, what the reality is. Let's lead these feelings and let's let these feelings be dealt with appropriately, letting other people speak into our lives mm-hmm. in the middle of it. And, and if we, like you said, if you will work through those conflicts, man, something beautiful emerges on the other side of it. Now it's painful. So I don't want to, and I think you've said that well, it is painful. It's one of the hardest things to do. Mm-hmm. And I, like you, I agree uh, with, you know, page or chapter 15, mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you're going from chapter two to 15, I mean, there's a lot of um, building that has to happen within your internal part of who you are, the way your mind thinks, even the way your body and, and, and your, uh, you know, emotions are all inter interconnected and how you're working those things together Mm -hmm. to get to that place uh, to appropriately address those pains and those failures. And that's one of the things that as I talk with you, I get a sense that you have got an awareness and got your arms around. And I I believe that's the message that has really affected other people. And I know you've spoken at several schools, you know, we've talked, uh, you know, about, about some of those things, but tell me a little bit about when you go to present, whether it's you're talking to a school or you're, you're working with millennials or, 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 or women, you know, how are you, what are the, some of the things you're trying to, to do with them? Uh, what are, what are some of the, the ways that you engage them with conflict? Mm-hmm. So for, for speaking to the kids, for, first off, I, I'm intentional with everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm intending like I'm going in, not to just speak, to talk about conflict or to talk yeah. about adversity or leadership. I'm intending to inspire. I'm intending to trigger a feeling or an emotion with someone. So I I usually start with a personal story Mm -hmm. because in most personal stories, the six degrees of separation, someone probably been around it or was affected by some kind of a problem. I mean, 7 billion people in the world, you can't be the first one with this problem. Somebody in the world had this problem, dealt with it, got through it. so I try to speak into whatever that message is. So we did a, uh, we did a talk up at Northwestern Lehigh yeah. and right now they have a drug epidemic in their high school. Mm. There's like 15 high school kids in rehab. Oh. There was like four ODs. Mm. They're dealing with a serious, serious drug epidemic. So when we went up there, I went with my partner, Wes, Wes has an amazing story. Um, and I shared with them, you know, my, my drug problem that I had. Mm-hmm. And I started off by getting them to see who that kid in high school was. And I tried to get them to image themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I was there, like I'm not some suit and tie. And I think, you know, the image of the tattoos and the, yeah. you know, the bravado that I bring, they can see that, you know, you're just a regular Joe, you know, you're not up here in a certain tie talking about, well, you should do this with the old finger point, kind <laughs> yeah, of the way that yeah. we were raised in school where I try to, I, I hit them on an emotional level. Like, listen, I was that kid. Cause there was a kid when I did this, he was literally, he was leaning up against the pole and he was sleeping. And so when I started, I made this introduction, I was like, I was that kid right there. <laughs> and everyone awesome. turned and they 
looked at him and his buddy like nudged him like get up they're talking about you and everyone started laughing so right there I got their engagement that's right right so we did uh, we did Alan mm-hmm. and uh, it was a leadership and development for their future so I thought okay how am I going to get these kids engaged and th- it was literally there was a gentleman who was from a, a college you know shirt and tie and he was up there and he was very college, 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 college. You got to go to college. If you're not going to go to college, you know, you're yeah. a loser kind of, so to speak. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, that's not the message. So I said, I got to do something to engage <laughs> these kids. So obviously millennials are huge on social media. I got up, made an introduction. I was like, wait, that was weak. I'm like, hold on. I pulled out my phone. I got Instagram. I was like, now let's do one for the gram. And they went crazy. (laughs) I mean, they they raised the roof. But again, I got their engagement (laughs) to find that common ground with people so they can understand that. Listen, I'm just like you. Hmm. And I think when going to speak to on any platform is getting your audience to know that I'm I'm, I should be sitting right next to you right now. I'm just have the ability to deliver this message and help you through whatever that situation is, whether it's leadership, adversity, uh, sale, you know, even with my sales guys, let my sales conferences know, like, listen, I was there, I was making the, you know, 50, 60 phone calls a day. I was pounding the pavement. So getting your, your audience to understand that I am with you. Hmm. That's where my biggest message, where, where I make that connection with the audience comes from, okay. is being able to just really keep them engaged mm-hmm. and have fun with it. Yeah, well, and I, I know that even as I've talked with you and just our mutual passion for for the, the next generation as well as uh, female leaders and, and women in general, just to help them be all that God's intended them to be. Mm-hmm. Um and even facing, like you said, those those conflicts, those things in our lives, and that passion. Every time we talk, I get fired up. I was like, "Man, we got to get you on this podcast." Because yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, "This is this is." So, and as I was talking to you about that, then all of a sudden, I, I get this message: Brad Moderich has released a book. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your yeah, book, and uh, tell us about what it's about. And, and I brought you one, just oh, so you know. Dude. So I got you a copy. Oh, thanks, man. Um, it's called the Takeover, and. It's the ultimate mind booster. We call them success files, me and my partner. I wrote this with my partner, George Kafalis. He's also a partner in my network marketing business. Um, Great guy. But we were sitting there. He actually was going to start this book years ago. And just to give you a quick tutorial, George is the number seven money earner in my network marketing business. Mm. Like He's like a beast on a whole other level. I'm his sponsor. Okay. So in network marketing, just so you know, the guy who's on top, all of that income flow. So hmm. he's helped me create a lot of wealth hmm. and um, financial wealth. So he was going to write this book. He was had this idea of writing a book. And after I retired from L.A., we seen him. We started connecting again. And he was like, I know why I waited. He goes, it just came to me. I'm supposed to write this with you. Hmm. And I was like, what? He was like, I was going to write a book. And at the time, this was in the beginning of the year. On my phone, I have my goals, and part of my goals for this year was to write two books. Hmm. And I was like, I had on my game plan to write two books. Like this <laughs> is crazy. like this is the universe. So uh, we started right. We got to it right away. I was like, say no more. Let's do it. We want it. We we see all these development books out there, and what I've seen is they don't keep it simple. 
Like you got to keep it simple, especially for someone who's just starting this journey in self-development. So the book is developed for people who are just starting their journey, knowing that they want more, they want to be more, they want to do more, but they don't really have the the basic skill set to kind of gravitate and take their life to the next level. So we came up with the success files. There's 20 success files. And this is, I mean, just going over different chapters, like self-awareness. We talk about, we talk about, you know, um, visualization, mind control, fear, entitlement, selflessness, personal accountability. Uh, what are your standards? What are your rituals circle of influence? So everything that people really need to understand, um, like circle of influence is probably one of the, the, the biggest things that I think like you're, we've all heard the the saying before you're the sum of the five people who you hang out with the most. Mm. And recently, like I had to cut friends out of my life because, and not because I didn't love them. And I told them, listen, I love you. I love you unconditionally. You're my brother. I love you, but you're not growing. And I have to be around people who are growing. Like I'm here. You could ride with me. Or I got to keep moving forward because I can't, I can't leave a life of mediocrity. Hmm. Um, so it just, it's an easy read. That's awesome, man. Because for I'm me, it was hard to learn. Yeah. Like I, I, I couldn't learn things like for me. So it's a, it's a simple read. We got nice big spacing <laughs> so people could literally breeze through it and yeah. they can catch it. And then we give them like a, a keynote, like what, what to get from it and how to implement it right away. So it's a super, super simple read. For people just starting their journey, but let's say you're on chapter 15 and you're further down your, you know, your, your path on your journey, it's going to be a good refresher. So good. Let me ask you. So if people wanted to purchase this book, that's available on Amazon. Uh, It is on Amazon. It's called the takeover, the ultimate mind booster, Uh, or they can go to shopconflict.com and that's my website. And there's the shop in there, the books in there as well. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So I was going to ask you too, like one of the things you talk about as I was reading through uh, the conflict site and, and um, even hearing about this book and you, you mentioned it is being selfless and being generous and being open handed. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how, how that feeds into your philosophy of leadership? Yeah. Being selfless uh, and not expect, I think I read it and you correct me if I'm wrong, not doing something and not expecting something in return. Yeah. That's I think I'm, I'm saying yeah. that right. That's on the, that's actually the opening page of our book. <laughs> if you truly want to be successful, you must be willing to help as many people as possible without expecting anything in return. Mm. Do things for other people who will never, never be able to repay you. Mm. Like that's true success. That's so good. Being able to do something for somebody where there's not a monetary gain, there's not a what's in it for me, just truly helping people. And I think this is something that we're losing slowly in our culture nowadays. One, because it's such a fast-paced environment. People are glued to their phones, they're glued to the electronics, and we're losing that personal connection. So what I try to teach my people, even on sales teams, even in my network marketing business, I just got finished a call before when I was in the parking lot. It's about making connections with people and helping them. And these guys weren't even on my team. Hmm. They were from someone else's team and they reached out to me and they're like, Hey, I need some help. Absolutely. I said, you got to be able to make those personal connections. Hmm. And with, with the book, the book is just an easy platform for people to grasp and understand. Hmm. But more importantly, uh, They could use it as a tool. That's so good. Hmm. It's and if 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 you know you want more and you want to see more and you want to be more, you got to do more. 
So good. And I was going to ask you, so like, where did you, how did you land at that place of seeing selflessness and doing stuff without any form of compensation being expected? What, what, what? It started to feel good. <laughs> yeah. That's the crazy part. Like it just, it felt good doing stuff for people. Mm. And I, I don't get into arguments, but my wife has been like, why are you doing this? Yeah. What are you doing this right now for? Like, what, what, why are you doing this? Cause I love doing it. Like, I don't need, I don't need a reason and being selfless and first form my supplement company that, that I work with, you see me posting all the first form stuff. The culture is to go the extra mile for people Hmm. and don't expect anything Hmm. where most supplement companies, it's about the muscles and the sell, 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 sell. This is why the DNA of first form and I work so well. Because, and I don't know if you saw, I did a video hmm. on what First Form does to me. And the, the whole message was being selfless. Where before, I took so much from people. Hmm. I took, I stole, I robbed, I fought. I took. I was a taker. Hmm. It was a, what, what can I get? What can I get? What can I get? I was constantly taking from people. And that ended me up in prison. Hmm. Hmm. And on this self-development you know, being able to help people and it started with fitness, you know, being yeah. able to help Mrs. Jones come in and and I even used to say that I might even said this to you, whether you join here or not, you're going to leave here learning something, yeah. whether you understand muscle metabolism, whether you understand what you got to do to lose the weight and heck, this might not even be the gym for you, but let's sit down and talk about your goals. And that's really what started the whole process of selflessness where most vice presidents and most salespeople were... Hmm had the shark fin up and all they wanted was the deal and they would do these high pressure sales where I was like, that's not my style, man. Like I'm not going to high pressure you. You're going to either want to do this because you want to do it. Not because I gave you a good deal. Hmm. So being selfless started from just really helping people start their fitness journey. Hmm. That's where it all started. And then it just transitioned into, it's just completely selfless. You know, it's interesting that you said about, uh, what 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 you once were you took you stole you fought and that ended you up, up ended you up in prison uh, or you ended up in prison as a result of that and you know I, I think for people who choose to not practice generosity they end up in another form of prison not not mm. state pen or whatever but they end up being in prison because they're not free to actually live the life that they were intended to, you know, because ultimately, you know, Jesus, you know, has modeled for us this selfless way of living that we come alive when we practice what I like to term wise generosity, where we give inventory and take out of what we've been given and out of that overflow, not to just give compulsively, but to give thought, okay, Hey, I'm going to make this, this investment in somebody and not expect anything in return. And when we do that and we live open handed, what freedom and joy and, and even peace comes into our lives because we realize, Hey, I'm not tied to just gaining and getting and uh, taking from somebody else. I'm, I'm walking in the freedom of the reality of who I am and helping others to reach their potential as well. And I think so many times when we have that take, take, take mentality, we don't know it, but that, that prison, another way to say that is greed, <laughs> you know, you're yeah. just becoming greedy and envious. And when we have greed and envy within who we are, and it's so hard to see greed in the mirror, mm-hmm. right? We can see it in everybody else and we can say this person's greedy and that person's greedy, but greedy, greed and envy, uh, 
affect each and every one of us. Entitlement affects each and every one of us. Mm. And so one of the ways we fight against that is to practice generosity Mm. and to live open-handedly, to be in a tangible way reminded all I've been given has been given to me by someone. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, we would say God himself has been gracious to give us these good and perfect gifts. Mm -hmm. And, And then we're reminded of those who have poured into us, who have believed in us, who have given us something when we couldn't tangibly pay for said services or, you know, you know, we can't return per se uh, back what they've given to us, but we can return it in the way we go about living our lives. Yeah. We can return it and being open handed. And so you don't have to be going to prison literally uh, to be in prison. Right. I think many of us are not free because we choose to try to hold on to our lives versus to live open handedly to the lives that we were intended and created to live. Yeah, that's that's you're you're so right. When I tell people, like when I see people I haven't seen in a while, they're like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And I, you know, I tell them about my wife, how great she's doing, and yeah. this and that. It's almost surreal because I can't even explain it. Like yeah. it's just this, it's this energy that's coming right now mm. off of me from helping others, yeah. and like. I don't care. I'm not worried about money. I'm not worried about this. And all of a sudden, financially, we're in the best position we've ever been Mm in. Um, And that's not like a bragging point, but I stopped focusing on the money Mm. and I focused on the help and I focused on what can I do for you and how can I help you? And it just spins around and all these opportunities just start opening up. So cool, man. Like it's, it's for those of you that are out there listening to this and, and, just take the pep. I always joke, take the Pepsi challenge, do it. <laughs> like you got nothing to lose. Yeah. You know, helping someone in, in, in little things like we'll go to a store and there'll be a mess in the store. I'll clean it up. And my wife's like, what are you doing? Like, you're not supposed to do that. You don't work here. <laughs> like I'll pick up garbage going into a restaurant or, yeah. um, still at the gym, you know? Cause it was just, I was always constantly picking up garbage. She's like, what are you doing? You don't work here anymore. And I'm like, yeah, but that's, that's, yeah, that's my purpose. This is the problem. Everyone mm-hmm. thinks that way. Mm-hmm. And if everyone thinks that way and continues to think that way, that's going to trickle out of, out, out of control. Where if, if someone sees me picking up a little piece of paper or doing something, a kind deed, holding a door, like just the little things that you don't need praise and recognition for. And people praise it now because it's so far in the distance. Yeah. It's like, but this is how back in the day, <laughs> I'm assuming it was, yeah. where men held the door open for women. Hmm. You know, you hold the door open for your wife when you get into the car. It's that old school, traditional, just good ethics of doing the right thing. Hmm. And the more you could do it, the universe will speak volumes Hmm. and will open so many other opportunities Hmm. for you. Yeah. And I think it's, like you said, doing the next right thing. And I know that's kind of a theme that we're talking about, even in our own uh, self-leadership, leading others, and even being generous. It's like, hey, what's the, the next right thing? And I know... One of those things that we both share, because we've talked about this, is a vision for the valley. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you and I had this very, uh, I would call it, pumped up, fired up conversation <laughs> about in the, in the gym about what we see in the valley. And I, I just wanted you, to, just in your own words, and just to share uh, with us, what, what do you see when you look at the valley? What do you see uh, the potential of what could happen here in the valley? I see Allentown being another Philly. Mm. I see, I see growth. I see connections. Yep. 
I see um, it becoming a more healthy city. Yeah. You know, all of the gyms and the CrossFit gyms. And, you know, we've recently traveled to like Boston and we were in, you know, we, we I had a great year of travel. And all of the places that I went, they were bigger cities. But they had this this energy, and we're starting to get this energy. Hmm. You know, we got ADP that came downtown, yeah. the, the remake of, of downtown Allentown. Um, Bethlehem's been picking up. And what I see is just people coming together, but it's going to need more people like us, hmm. like making the connections and creating that positive flow. And this is a call to all the other leaders that are out there. Like, this is a call to action. Like, it's time to step up, you know, voice yourself, do something, hmm. give back to the community, go to events. And the more we can get this momentum behind us, I see Allentown being a, a phenomenal city that's filled with, with health, wealth, um, fun, a lot of things to live uh, and go to and see. Hmm. Like it's just going to be a prosperous city, and it's we're we're just at the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, yeah. no, that's cool. I, I know we both get really fired up to think about what could be, mm -hmm. you know, and our part to plan that. And I think we all should examine let re, that. Let me rephrase that. What's gonna be? That's right. What's right? gonna What's be? Gonna be? That's right. What's right? gonna We've be? We've got to speak it into existence. <laughs> that's right. Come on <laughs> now. It's gonna be. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, well, I, I wanted to ask you if people wanted to, to get connected uh, with you and what you're doing, what are some of the ways that they could do that? Best way is uh, Instagram, probably okay. Instagram, yep. Facebook. Uh, it's at Brad Modrich. That's B R A D M O D R I C H. Uh, that's my Instagram. Same thing for Facebook uh, or Conflict uh, on Instagram. It's yep. at Conflict. Or I do this everywhere. You call me 610 657 9374. Shoot me a text. Doesn't matter. Just connect to me. It's probably shoot me a text message is the easiest way to get a hold of me. That's right. I don't care who does it. Like, just listen. I got a purpose here, and you know, the the more I can help, the more we lives we can touch, the more people we can get their yeah. life back on track. I did my job. No, that's good. And as we think about even connecting with you, one of the things I, I just wanted to talk with you a little bit about, um, and I know we've kind of hit on some of this, but what tips would you give someone? Uh, to become a better self leader, like what are some of the tips? And maybe you've hit on some of those things, but is there anything else that you wanted to add to that? <clears throat> yeah, I think there's four things that you got to do. Number one, you have to have your fitness hmm. and your health in check. Because hmm. if you don't have your health and you don't have your fitness, if the body isn't right, the mind will never operate the way it needs to. Hmm. Because there's a direct connection to how you're operating mentally, and that's a direct reflection of your physical performance. Hmm. So if you're not exercising and you don't got to be a meathead and Arnold Schwarzenegger, you got to get to the gym. You got to go do some yoga, go for a power walk, take care of your health. Hmm. Number one at the forefront, if you're not a healthy leader, you are doing your people a disservice. Hmm. And I'm a firm believer of that. Like you got to be healthy for you to lead properly. That's good. First thing. Second thing is self-development. Hmm. Um, are you reading a pod, uh, reading a book? Are you listening to a podcast? Are you involved in the investment of your growth? If you think about the amount of money that's spent in college, right? And even for the people who didn't go to college, are you investing into your personal development? And that's what it is. It's not spending money. It's are you self-developing? Hmm. Reading the books, getting on special groups, hmm. uh, podcasts, Third thing is hustle. Hmm. The leaders hmm. out there, you got to hustle. Hmm. Don't stay stagnant. Get moving. 
You got to you got to you got to increase your your productivity and your work ethic because you got to lead by example and you got to set the foundation because a leader's foundation, a leader's building is only as strong as his his or her foundation. And if that foundation of that work ethic and that drive is cracked in any way, shape or form, you have the possibility of your building coming down. Mm -hmm. So your work ethic has to be what you set the example by Mm -hmm. because your people are going to do more of what you do than more of what you say. That's right. Okay. And then the fourth one, you got to live, go experience new things, go experience new situations and connections and groups. Go live, Mm. go live. No, that's so good. Like just go live. Mm. So exercise, self-development, hustle your, hustle your tail off and live your life. So good. And I wanted to ask you, like, what do you think for leaders, um, you know, the physical health part, I know you touched on this. What do you think makes it difficult for a leader to take care of themselves in that realm, in that area of life? The biggest excuse I've heard in all of my years is I'm too busy. Mm -hmm. And it's, we talked about being self-aware. Yeah. For me, like I had this conversation with my wife probably about 18 months ago. And I said, I have to, work out first thing in the morning. Hmm. I don't care where we're at. I don't care what we're doing. Exercise has to be the first thing I do. The ripple effect from that, me being because of my prior addictions and this challenges that I went through earlier, I was self-aware because I would try different workouts or I'll do it later. I'll do this. And my fitness fell to the side. You got to prioritize it. It's, it's got to be one of the most important things because, again, if you're working out and you're exercising and you're healthy, and I'm going to know I'm a little fanatical about <laughs> it. Um, I had to really check myself and say the only way it's going to work is if you do it first thing in the morning. Hmm. So that's going to require you to get up earlier. It's going to require you to go to bed earlier. There's a, a ripple effect of, of action that has to happen for you to get there earlier. Hmm. So for the leaders out there that make it an excuse and uh, they, they don't make fitness an important part of their life. There's 168 hours in a work week. You just got to get four hours. Hmm. And I always perplex this. Any times that I, I, I would have someone say, Oh, I'm too busy. I can't do this. And I can't do that. I said, if I was to give you $50,000 by the end of the month, and all you had to do was get to the gym for four hours a week. Would you go? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I would do it. Yeah, in a heartbeat, I would do it. I said, so what's so different? Why did all of a sudden, now there's a monetary gain, why all of a sudden you could do it? Hmm. You could do it. It's where do you prioritize? Yeah. And leader to leader, if there's leaders out there listening to this, quit making excuses. Yeah. Just seriously stop. Yeah. And Just, that's the... That's what it comes down to. Yeah. And some of us, I was going to say, I know in my own experience, you know, I, I experienced probably a, a decade's worth of just struggling with my overall fitness. And one of the messages I received when I was in my like twenties, like uh, late twenties was from one of my bosses who says essentially, and it was the wrong message. So I'm going to preface it with this, but basically your health, you know, you just have to fit that in whenever you can fit it in. And instead of saying, no, 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 health is the priority. And then out of that funnels, everything that you do. And so when I would go to the gym 
I would always get um, anxiety uh, that I wasn't doing enough work. Mm-hmm. I had to like retrain my mind literally like about a year ago. I had to go through a process of just realizing that is not true. Like, I, I'm the best version of me is a healthy version of me. And healthy people lead healthy things in organizations. But when, when I'm unhealthy, when I'm not taking care of myself, the ripple effect, you know, the way that our energy, our anxieties, our, you know, the way that we're seeing things clearly, like even yesterday, it was a great day, but there's a lot of things I was thinking about. And even just to take some time, about an hour to go work out, it shifted my perspective. It just helped give me perspective on what it is I was thinking about and, and, and working through. And so I would encourage you as a leader, if you're wondering, hey, am, am, I not, am I not working hard enough if I choose to make time for, say, the gym or a power walk or a, a class, whatever it is, listen, you're too valuable not to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. You're too valuable to the, the people you're leading, the people you're walking alongside of, your family. Remember your why. Why are you doing this? This isn't just to look good. It's so much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. It's not just about, like Rad said, being a meathead. This is about self-leadership. And I really want to encourage you to even uh, think about what you're putting in your body, uh, the eating part of this, because exercise is only one part of it, but the eating part as well. And I know some of you are listening to this podcast and you're like, what does this have to do with the vision for the valley? Well, it has everything to do with it because it all works together. We have an integrated life and our person is integrated. So our mind, our body, our emotions, they all work together. Mm -hmm. And if we choose to neglect one of them, then what happens ultimately, we're not able to be the person that we're intended to be. And we sell ourselves short and also others as well. And then we set ourselves up for a potential crash, a crash that uh, could end us up in the hospital or worse yet, we lose our life. Mm -hmm. And and I just want to say to you, it's out of love and care for yourself, but mainly uh, not just yourself, but also for the people around you. Because as you are able to take care of yourself well, then you're able to care for others even better. So this is not a narcissistic kind of thinking, mm-hmm. which I love how I talked about meatheads and, you know, whatever your stereotype of said, you know, idea of, of working out and, and going to the gym or eating well, this is so much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Because this is really about being able to lead yourself. And the toughest person to lead is going to be you. The toughest person for me to lead is myself. Mm -hmm. The toughest person for Brad to lead is himself. That's the hardest person that we're ever going to have to lead. And so as we think about that, Brad, how do you encourage people to be able to do this for the long haul? You know, on on both self-leadership, but also on this idea of a physical fitness. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both leadership and the physical fitness. And I'm going to come back to that. You said something about why do people question why, what does health have to do with this and the vision for the Valley like I have a vision of a healthy valley. Yeah. Can't have a healthy valley <laughs> if you don't have healthy leaders. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it's, it can't happen. And for it to, to get past that point where we need to grow, we're, I mean, we're still really in the baby stages of the growth of Allentown compared to other major, major cities. And leaders have to, right now, your health is such an important part of the process. Mm-hmm. If you're healthy, you're de-stressed. If you're de-stressed, you could think properly. If you're fueling your body the right way, you could perform at an optimum level. There's so many things that happen from eating right. And listen, 
I love my beer. I'll have a course, couple course light. <laughs> I'll eat my wings. I'll, I'm not sitting here trying to right. say you can't eat this. Like I will PJ's wings. I love them to death. Like love mm-hmm. them. Uh, you, you can, you can still do that, but you got to take at least 90% of the week. You're doing good. Mm-hmm. So that's super, super important that for the vision of the Valley, that vision is a healthy one. Yeah. Like I remember waking up, uh, going to Boston, I was in Boston and I woke up at like six, got down to the gym about seven, went out for a little run outside and there was people hustling and bustling like that energy. It, it just like I seen other people working out at 7am in the morning, going for runs at the healthy cafes. Like that's an amazing picture. If we can get downtown Allentown, downtown Bethlehem, downtown mm-hmm. Easton to start incorporating this healthy prosperous kind of life. That's an awesome vision for the Valley. Mm. But to the people that are, how do they start the process? Yeah. yeah. And stay with it. Like and stay with it. Yeah. One set believable goals. Hmm. Don't set a goal. I'm going to get to the gym seven times this week. If, if you, if you weren't there, it's not going to happen. Take one step at a time. Hmm. I operate on a program that I got from one of my mentors, Andy Frisella who I'm in, uh, you see me post the Arate. Uh, he's one of my, my mentors. He came up with this thing and I did this previously. I just don't want to steal his thunder because he coined the phrase win the day. Mm -hmm. This is how you do it. Hmm. Every night before you go to bed, you're going to write down on a piece of paper, keep a journal. I have my, I don't leave without mine. This is mine. Okay. And every day I'm in here, I write down five things that I want to get out of today Hmm. and I don't stop my day until those five things get done. Now think about it from a beginning stage. Those five things, if you're just starting this development process, I call it win the day. We call it win the day. If you're not reading, you're going to put as one of your critical tasks of those five critical tasks, you're just going to put in there. I'm going to read 10 pages. Hmm. That's it. Everyone could read 10 pages a day. I don't care who you are. Hmm. Number two, I'm going to get to the gym for 30 minutes. Hmm. I'm going to exercise for 30 minutes. Hmm. I don't care if they're going for a walk. I don't care if they're running up steps down at, you know, Jade Bernie Crumb, whatever. Third, what are, what are, what are the, again, what are the, the things that are going to make you operate better? Hmm. And you don't stop. You got to keep it super simple. And then what happens is, let's say you had to read 10 pages. That's one. You're going to exercise for 30 minutes. That's two. You're going to eat healthy. That's three. You're writing this down. There's power to the pen. Four, let's say that you want to do something for your business. I want to contact three new sales leads, whatever. Could be anything. And five, I want to make sure I tell my wife I love her and I'm going to kiss her goodnight because that's the healthy relationship I want to start to create at home. I'm going to kiss my wife tonight before she goes to bed and tell her I love her. That's good. Hmm. You're not going to stop your day until those five things get done. Hmm. You work. You, I, I don't care if you've got to go to bed at midnight. You don't stop that day. And then what happens is you knock out all five. Hmm. You won the day. That's good. You're going to bed. You're going to write out those five things again. And again, until you create the habit of reading and it becomes part of like, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to read. Like for me, it's part of my process. It's part of my morning ritual. So reading isn't on my critical tasks. Now mine is more operational and my five tasks are to help my businesses. Hmm. 
And those are my five tasks. Like I got five things today. I will not stop until I get them done. I don't care what I got to do. I'm going to do everything in my power. That's moral and ethical to get these five things done. That's good. So what happens is when you're in the foundation stage, you win one day, you feel good. You win a second day, you feel good. You win three days, technically you're on a winning streak, right? <laughs> That's right. Okay. And then all of a sudden you did this seven days in a row and you won the week hmm. and all of a sudden you're feeling better, right? Your thought process is changing, right? Your wife is happier, hmm. right? She's just like, oh my God, he told me he loved me every <laughs> night this week, right? And all of a sudden things just start to get better. Now you got a week. Now you did this for a month and you just won a month yeah. and now you're down three pounds, and you feel better. You're drinking a gallon of water a day. You're drink. You're, you're doing the things that are necessary. So again, to answer the question, take it one day at a time. Hmm. Start by winning the day with five things that are going to help you be a better version of you. And don't stop them five things until you create it, the habits that you need. And then let's say you're reading, you could take that off and replace it with another fifth one. Could be, I want to do 30 minutes of weight training, 30 minutes of cardio. Yeah. Could be something. And then slowly you're going to create these habits. Oh, that's so good. And I, I would say habits really come when you, you win the days, right? Like you win one day at a time and habits actually are what lead to health. And a lot of times habits kind of get a bad rap or whatever, but habits are what allow you to set yourself up for predictable success. You're creating the conditions mm-hmm. uh, to move towards uh, where you are, are seeking to go. And then also allows you even to address some of the things in you that may not be healthy. You know, a lot of times when we're eating uh, junk food all the time, it's not 90%, you know, 90% healthy. It's maybe 90% junk food and 10% healthy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times there's deeper reasons like stress. Mm-hmm. We're super busy. Uh, where um, there, there's there's a lot of things that go along with that, you know, and, and we're able to identify, hey, why am I, you know, why am I eating like this? What What is at the root? I'm not even hungry, but what's at the root of this? Is this just to comfort me? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for my, myself, I had to work through a lot of that, like understanding, hey, I've attached uh, to food comfort, and there's nothing wrong with having some good food, but when it becomes a source that... Um, is ultimate comfort. And for me, I need to look to Jesus to, to produce that and to bring that in into my life and how he helps me to, to navigate those different stressors in my life is to say, Hey, I want to help you in this area. And so one of the things I did, even in my own journey of getting back on track uh, with my health is to pray daily about it mm-hmm. and just say, Lord, I'm giving you this area. My body is your body. This is a temple of the Holy Spirit. As, as the scriptures say, mm-hmm. I want to be a living sacrifice to you. Help me with these areas with my, my food choices and what I'm eating, you know, and then I was intentional with some activity and sometimes it would be the gym, but sometimes it was what Brad said. I would get outside and, and go for 30 to an hour and a half walk, minutes walk, you know, or, you know, combine that with mowing the lawn or whatever it was, you know, Mm -hmm. chasing my son around, but being really intentional to say, Hey, uh, I'm working through these, these processes, uh, in my life and creating these habits to make sure that I'm, I'm addressing some of the things that may be strongholds. They may be holding me back from what God has for me. And you know what? It took a long time. People are like, man, you lost all that weight. Like so quick. No, no, no. Like it took me a long time to like actually get over the mind. A lot of it was in my mind Mm -hmm. and I had to work through those hurdles and 
recognize where was the messaging I received that led me to believe that it was okay to be unhealthy or that it was a second tier, second tier priority versus a, a top tier priority. Yeah. You know, what are those things that those messages and just really having to deconstruct them and to replace them with true messages. And even I would add, and I think you would agree with this sleep, man, we got to make sure we're resting. Well, a lot of times the reason why we are, and a constant state of being stressed out of our minds and we can't see clearly and we're anxious is we're not sleeping enough. Mm-hmm. And, and so one of the most powerful things that we can give ourselves is the gift of a good night's sleep. And I'm, I, I mentioned to you guys yesterday was a, a great day, but there's some things I had to work through. One of the things I did as well is I got a good night's sleep. And I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you, I woke up a different guy. I saw things more clearly. Uh, I, I did the things that I needed to do to set the conditions to see more clear uh, for what I was going through yesterday and then what is happening now uh, as I, I seek to move us forward to what he has for us. And, and again, all that works together, like rest, eating right, working out, praying, praying. getting in the scripture, yeah. being still, meditating, you know, being quiet, you know, talking to good friends to help cheer me on in that journey. And so I think it's really important as you, you're thinking about winning the day, just remember, it's not you versus somebody else. It's you versus you. Mm-hmm. You're not. Let's not get caught up in the, the fear of missing out and, and what somebody else is doing. Let's look at ourselves and, and ask ourselves, hey, am I becoming a better version of myself? Because that's the ultimate goal. You're not trying to be somebody else. You need to be the best version of yourself. Doesn't mean you can't learn from somebody else. Right. You should learn from somebody else. You should be a, a person who is staying teachable and humble. But you also have to recognize my race isn't Brad's race. You know, we have two different races yep. and we're cheering each other on. We're, we're like, man, I'm for you. That's mm-hmm. why Brad's on this podcast today. I'm for him, but he's for me. He's making time Absolutely. to be on this. You know, we're, we're encouraging uh, one another towards that. So as you think about continuing to lead yourself, uh, I hope that you, you take into consideration in, into thought, again, whether you're going to write out those five things to win the day, but also to take stock and inventory of the value that you have to offer as a person, that you'd be someone who would say, I'm too valuable not to take care of myself and to even deal and deconstruct with the things that you need to deconstruct in order to move forward. Those lies that maybe you believed, you know, and, and, and you're holding on to. And so as we wrap up the podcast, Brad, I want to say, man, what, what an awesome time. It, that Absolutely. went, that went really fast. Yeah. It went Thanks really fast. Me, Dude, it's, it's all, I can do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hey, was there anything else you wanted to add as, as we wrap up? Yeah. You know, to, to the people out there, um, and again, that are in that leadership position, take one day at a time. Mm-hmm. And, I think it starts by having a good, strong evaluation of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like really like talk to that person and to like in your head, find out what, what, what do you need to do to fix? What do you got to do? Was it exercise? Some people, it could be even leaders aren't praying enough. So that praying could be one of your critical tasks, yeah. you know, um, take one day at a time and just know that as a leader, you have the responsibility, the obligation, and the duty to be the foundation that your teams are built on. Mm-hmm. And that team could be your family. Mm-hmm. That could be your place of business. It could be your place of work. It could be your leadership in the church. Mm-hmm. Your foundation has to be set by example and your actions, yeah. not by a title, not by a name, 
not by how much time you've put in in an organization, your tenure. It comes, it has to be, what have I done today and what am I going to do tomorrow? Yeah. And just take it one day at a time. And you know the self-talk in your head. You know, you know, stress is created. I'm a firm believer that stress is created when people know they should be doing something, but they're not. Like that's, that's stress. Like, I know I should have woke up early. Now I'm running late. Now I'm stressed to get to work. I'm stressed on what my boss is going to say. There's that, 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 that inner lying stress because he knows or he, he or he or she knows she should have woke up early. So again, listen to that self-talk. Yeah. And really you make a decision a couple ways. You think about it, your heart and your gut, hmm. your gut always tells you hmm. like, you know, when you got to do something, yeah. just take action. Stop thinking about it. Well, that's so good. And I, Hey, I would say as, as Brad was sharing that too, enjoy the ride. Yeah. And part of enjoying the ride is to remember, uh, you, you don't reach where you're trying to go overnight. It's mm-hmm. one step at a time, a little bit over time. A lot of a little bit goes a long way, right? It amounts mm-hmm. to a lot and never forget the small steps that you need to take to get you to where you want to go. Don't, as the scriptures say, don't despise small beginnings mm-hmm. because it's in the small beginnings that something incredible is created. And out of that, something uh, comes to light that helps not only you, but others around you as well. Yeah. Well, thanks again for being on the podcast. Thanks Brad. for having me, bro. It's awesome. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for the Vision for the Valley podcast. We'd love to connect with you and to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Vision for the Valley podcast, or you can email us at Vision for the Valley podcast at gmail.com. 